Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back into another episode of the Second City Hockey Podcast. Your host triumvirate is with you tonight again here for the holiday season. Myself, Brad Replinger, America's favorite, Dave <coughs> Melton, and Brandon Kane over there. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we doing? How are we doing? We're all right, Brad. I think we're doing okay. How about yourself? How, how's things going over there in uh, wherever the hell it is you are? Not, uh, I, I, I gotta be honest. I haven't finished all of my Christmas shopping yet, but I'm, I've narrowed things down to, uh, to a couple of things. Uh, got a few select family members that are, uh, that are, that are left on my list. Brandon, are you finished shopping or are you still wrapping presents? What, what stage of, of the holidays are you in? Uh, you do all the things on Festivus. <laughs> I will, I will leave it at that. Um, gentlemen, we have some things to talk about here. Um, a little business to take care of. Uh, a lot has happened since we have last talked. Let's see. Um, we, had a, uh, we had a mascot beat the hell out of a dumbass fan. Um, we have a goaltender uh, full on line change. Um, apparently, our ex-head uh, coach might have a gig in Philly. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on here. So we're going to start with, the, uh, with the, the biggest of the three topics, the concussion to Corey Crawford on Sunday night against the San Jose Sharks. For those of you who are not watching the game or have not seen the clip, uh, Evander Kane uh, pushes Dylan Strome into Corey Crawford on a, uh, on a, two, on a two-on-one rush. Um, little odd man situation, and Strom goes into Crawford, knocking Crawford straight back. It was a pretty high speed hit, anyways, and uh, and the back of Corey's head hits the um, hits the left post of the goal and uh, or of the net, and uh, and ultimately he comes out of the game um, with uh, with a concussion. Cam Ward would replace him in a seven three loss, but. Since that time, the Blackhawks have released uh, that Corey Crawford is on injured reserve. Uh, Colin Delia will come up from Rockford to be the backup goaltender in Chicago behind Cam Ward. Uh, and that means that now it's Anton Forsberg and Kevin Lankinen 
in uh, in Rockford as the backup goaltenders in the reservoir. But gentlemen, uh, this is now the second concussion that Corey Crawford has had. This one a little more obvious than the first one um, that we experienced last season or that we saw him experience last season, rather. But we'll start with Brandon. What do you think <coughs> this version of Crawford's concussion symptoms ultimately mean? Do we think that this is the end of Corey Crawford's playing career? Do we expect him to return um, later this season? I know there's a, a tentative date scheduled for the 27th, but what are your thoughts on the future of Corey Crawford as the Chicago Black, Blackhawks goaltender? Well, uh, first off, it was good to see that the Blackhawks learned from their mistake last season and just were very upfront with he's been diagnosed with a concussion. So that was nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. No guessing the games. Whole, like protocol situation isn't ideal for the Blackhawks and the rest of the NHL with how they handle them and not having like a neurologist present during the diagnosis period, which is a totally different thing, but mm-hmm. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then as for the future, um, it was interesting. The release that they sent out uh, Monday afternoon to say that Delia was called up on a emergency basis and not just called up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like they are hopeful that Crawford can bounce back from this and, just with like the wording of that, uh, to me, it seems like unless there's a back-to-back, Cam Ward will be the starter and getting the majority of playing time. Uh, I know this week there's a Thursday-Friday back-to-back, so Delia probably starts one of those, but you have to remember we also thought that Forsberg was going to get a start at the beginning of the season, and... Uh, Joel Quinville opted to give Ward back-to-back starts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in reference. Forsberg. Yeah, that's in reference to the uh, the Blues on the road. The uh, you, had, you had Ward going the first two games with overtime wins, and then the that next game against Toronto, um, we all kind of expected maybe an Anton Forsberg appearance, and sure enough, that was Ward again. Um, but I don't know, man. Do you think he's Brandon? Do you think he's I, I know what the Hawks say, and I know what that release says, but, I mean, we know how long it took Corey to come back. It was, what, 10 months last year for him to get back? I mean, what, what do you think about the future of, of, of Crow? And, or, you know, not even if just if he returns, but is he going to be – is he going to be able to get his game back to what we were used to seeing? I mean, I would, I think it'd be safe to say that this season he hasn't been nearly as sharp as years past. Mind you, there hasn't been a whole lot of defense in front of him to give him anything to work with, but you know, there's at least, there's at least a little, you know, there's a little something to kind of hang your head on there, but I, I don't know. He just never seemed back to being a hundred percent this year. Do we think he, you know, do we think there's a chance of that happening now, even after the second concussion? He's got a better uh, offensive output than Chris Kunitz. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's laugh got me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not gonna like go down the road of like. <clears throat> 
oh, he should hang it up, blah, blah, blah. And I know a lot of people have done that, but I just want to like wait it out and see what happens. Um, and it's not like a full learning curve mm. in my mind for the Blackhawks and dealing with with concussions, but them making that step, like I said earlier, um, is pretty big. And that goes along with what they said uh, at the start of training camp, I think it was, or even before then, uh, to actually give more than, you know, upper body, lower body injury. Um, mm-hmm. reports. So, right. Yeah. That's all I got on that, I think. Fair enough. Dave, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the future of Corey Crawford as, a, uh, as the starting goaltender of the Chicago Blackhawks? Well, I noticed the same thing that Brandon did where they mentioned that it's on an emergency basis with a Colin Delia's call-up, which leads me to believe that we have not seen the last of Corey Crawford this season, let alone for the rest of his career. But I think, there's, I think this scenario is different than the last one. Um, if you remember last time, he got, I think it was against Pittsburgh, and I want to say it was Malkin that uh, bowled Crawford over in mm-hmm. a game. And then the knee to the dome, if yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a really, really nasty collision. And either I think Crawford finished that game, and then play, and then played a few more, and didn't look right. And then he ended up in injured reserve, and that's when the ten month absence started. Mm-hmm. And so this time it was a lot more. Uh, like it, it was painfully obvious that he was in in some dire straits. And well, actually, like when they the broadcast like zoomed in on his face. Oh man. He yeah. His, he, there was just this look on his face of like, not this shit again. Like he just, just yeah. like almost like resigned to here we go again. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think, I, I think the fact that it was such an obvious head injury concussion um, and the Hawks took him out immediately, that lends itself to the highest chances of recovery or certainly a much higher chance of recovery than the last time around. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, you're still concerned because concussions, head injuries are always tricky. But um, because the Hawks clearly gave him all the time he needed to recover from the last one, I believe he was, you know, back at 100% as he was playing right now. And so I'm not as worried that this concussion is going to uh, linger on for months and months and months. I think this one's going to be, you know, maybe a couple weeks, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we'll see him back in early 2019. But I'm not. I'm not quite as worried this time around that it's going to be a long-term injury. I was more concerned with kind of like you were talking about, Brad, that Crawford hadn't looked like himself as much. Like there were some games that were good. He did have the the one nothing shutout uh, during the season, which I think is still the only shutout the Hawks have had this year. Mm-hmm. So there there were moments where he looked good, but um, there were also there were times where he was viciously exposed by his own defense, and there were times where he just fanned on some shots or or didn't make some saves that uh, we've all come to expect Crawford to make. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like when he gets back. Right. Um, Which so. are all above average saves too. That's the other thing. Right. I mean, that's yeah. something that we have to kind of all think about. The other thing too, and it, it, it kind of in, in, in playing the Corey Crawford game and what are the next steps and all that other stuff too. I just, you know, looking up his stats, you also have to remember that the guy is 34 years old. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's had a, a respectable playing career, not just in the NHL, but throughout, um, you know, hockey in general, obviously starting with, uh, you know, starting with any, any sort of junior league play when you're in your late teens sort of a thing and all the way up to 34, he's been playing for 17 years. So, you know, it, 
he's not a spring chicken by any you know stretch of the imagination. So there would we would expect there to be a li- at least a little bit of decline. But yeah, part of me and <clears throat> seeing Crawford come back and hearing that he's back and ready to play again, I'm you know I'm sitting there going, okay, this is going to be where Corey can win you a couple of games that you know, a Cam Ward wouldn't be able to, or Anton Forsberg wasn't able to last year, or, you know, anybody else who you try to put into that role. So, and we didn't really see that. I, I would say that the, uh, that that one, nothing shot out of uh, who, which team was that again, Brandon, do you remember? Oh, that team down South. Ah, that's right. Um, the Nashville Predators. No, um, <laughs> not, not that one. The other one. Close. Southwest, not Southeast. Yeah, which which actually I do have a follow-up question on the Blues, but all right, we'll tackle this here wow. quickly. They have, a, they have a puppy, and I don't know. <laughs> man, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be damned. They, I, I want to hate the Blues. I really do. And then they put that damn fuzzball out on the ice, <laughs> a little golden retriever. Oh, and it's – Man, I had a golden retriever growing up, and we used to play hockey in a on a retention pond in the backyard, sort of a thing. And yeah, you you saucer pass a puck across the ice, and then sure enough, our golden Sandy would just on a beeline go and chase after the damn thing. So it was really fun to try to stick handle around the the dog. And now I'm watching this, like, oh man, like why you got to make me want to like the Blues? It, because the Blues have a puppy. Is it okay to like not hate them as much, or? Like what? What's the protocol here? I'm I'm confused in my fandom. Every this is I appeal to Brandon on this. This is his territory. <laughs> I in, in in more than one ways. Yes. <laughs> the only thing I like about the Blues is their GM. Because aside from that O'Reilly trade this past summer, he's mm. pretty much really shitty. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. Got it. So marketing and PR, you can stay blues GM, you're trash. And therefore we like them all. That's fine. Oh, anyway. like, I think they named the dog Barclay after what's his face. Barclay. I forget the guy's first name, but he was a defenseman. I think, I don't know if all I'm right. saying that wrong. It doesn't matter. Cause they're irrelevant. <laughs> either way they got it they got a puppy it's cute i'm not gonna lie it's a, I'm, I'm a sucker for golden retrievers but that's not here nor there uh back to uh the relevant conversation um so yeah in in kind of maybe monitoring a little more closely now the recovery of Corey crawford because like brandon and dave you were both saying that you know the hawks immediately come out okay it's a concussion protocol he's on injured reserve you know there's no guessing game here like last time but I mean, with this team clearly not making the playoffs this season, what do you think is the timeline for Crawford? I mean, again, with any head injury, this is all going to be relative on you know his rehab and, and however long of a process this is. But, I mean, I ultimately think he doesn't make it past the backup status. I think it's Cam Ward, the starter for the rest of the year, and then you know the Hawks try to you know, keep their, keep their $4 million a year goaltender as healthy as possible for maybe next season or the season and, or the season after to, you know, make one last shot at the playoffs with him. You know, one of those things, I, I guess, Brandon, we'll start with you. I mean, what, what do you think, uh, what do you think the timeline is and, or what the, the approach should be with, uh, with Crawford's return, if there is one. I just, ultimately like uh, Crawford said this summer, it's not really anyone's decision, but his, um, which I think Dave noted in a piece he did like right before 
uh, Crawford's official return, which is like, that's why everyone really likes Crawford because he just doesn't give a shit. Like he just, exactly. he's Corey Crawford. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'll turn that over to Dave now. You can <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's like Craw- Crawford's not going to come back before he's healthy. He's, he's going to wait it out until he feels hundred percent and he doesn't give a damn what uh, the front office coaches or GMs are saying. He's going to wait till he's ready, which is one of the things I respect about him more than, uh, just about any other athlete the Blackhawks have had over the years. But I think the one thing that people are I, – I think people are trying to look at this from a, a logical perspective of Crawford's had – you know, he's had, he's had head injuries in the past, and, um, and you know, there's a concern about long-term health and all that. But pro- professional athletes in general are very short-sighted people. So mm. they're not – Crawford's not worried I, – I, I can't say this without authority, but this is my thought on it, is that Crawford probably isn't that worried about 30, 40, 50 years from now. He's a professional athlete, so he's worried about doing everything he can to get ready to play the next game. And from a logical layman's perspective, that might sound like a crazy thing to say. But I think that like the mindset that they have, that's just the way they are. That's They're wired differently than you and I. That's why they're playing hockey, and we're talking about them playing hockey. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. That's part of the difference. It's a it's a completely different mentality than somebody who works a nine to five office job is going to have. So I, it's 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 not. So I fully expect Crawford to be back um, at some point this season because I think just it's it's part of the 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 mental makeup that he has as a as a very competitive driven professional athlete that he wants to be back in that because that's his job and that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, and he's only. He's only 34, or no, 33, and he turns 34 later this month. And um, there's been columns and stuff out about how he has, you know, one-year-old son and he needs to think about, you know, his future and whatever. But when you think about his future, you also have to think of how much time does he does he have left as like a top-tier goalie in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so his contract will end with the Blackhawks, not more years, this summer, right? but... The, the following one, yeah, right, right. So, well, one and a half essentially, right? So, yes, yeah. yeah, summer of so twenty thirty-five, um, right before the next lockout. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So you, I mean, if you're gonna look at the the long game, you also have to think of that aspect. And is he planning to stay here, or does he have thoughts to go elsewhere to play? Because you would think that he'd probably play for like one maybe two other teams um if he were to leave chicago where it'd be like uh play two years here and then maybe like a swan song season some like in montreal i don't know if carrie price falls apart again <laughs> but or maybe he goes and you know backs up uh who's it up in toronto right now it's not frederick anderson is it it, it is freddie anderson it I, is i don't know who their backup is is it uh garrett sparks I say it's, it's it's still Sparks. No, it, it's still him because he played um, that game earlier this year in Chicago. Yeah, the the Kane and Matthews game. Hurst native. Like, shut up. <laughs> that game. That game was amazing. Still, was um, peak peak of the season, right there. Yeah, and, no. and it was a game they lost. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my God, it got a point in in overtime. It was still a point earned. Um, and. So now kind of, you know, playing the in the future game now, I mean, obviously the the good news is that Chicago's 
farm system, I mean, Rockford specifically, had started to see some consistency with Colin Delia, especially on the second half of last season, then going into the Calder Cup playoffs, and then ultimately at the beginning of this season as well. Um, you know, you saw Delia staying in Rockford more consistently. He wasn't going back and forth between Indy and Rockford to Chicago, back to Indy or Rockford, whatever. But now it it seems very clear that again Delia's Delia's in this in a position now to basically show you know the suits in the front office that you know I'm I'm the guy that that needs to be the future of this goaltending core and um, you know kind of looking here in the near future is this an opportunity for for Delia maybe not just to you know assert a, or you know insert himself into the the Blackhawks lineup. Um, you know, as a backup goaltender, potentially, again, we're not sure what the future of Corey Crawford's going to be. Um, but on the on the flip side, does he maybe make a really good case to, you know, pick up a starting goaltending position or a backup goaltending position somewhere else in the NHL because of this? I mean, what do you think his uh, what do you what do you think his position is with the team and potentially the NHL moving forward, Dave? Well, I, I think Dealey is the goaltender of the future. I, I th- really think the Hawks have him pegged as the guy that takes over when Crawford leaves after the in the summer of 2020 because it seems like they've kind of soured on Anton Forsberg over the last few years, and I think I, I got that impression when he was the backup to Cam Ward for the first month of the season and never played a game. Um, and I, I guess maybe the last season that they had with Forsberg they saw enough to think that he's not going to be a valid NHL goaltender, even though the team in front of him wasn't a valid NHL team, but that's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. But it just the way, the way they've talked about Delia, the way they've handled him over the last year, it really seems like they've got him anointed to be the guy in the future, kind of the way Crawford had always been anointed as the guy growing up or mm-hmm. coming up through the system back when a uh, hobby Bullen and, and um, yeah, hobby Bullen and Niemi were occupying the NHL roster. And Crawford was toiling away down in Rockford before he got his call up. So, uh, I, I, to be honest, I was a little surprised. I thought it was going to be Forsberg getting the call up for this uh, recent move. They were going to leave Delia down in the Rockford to let him just keep playing consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the so I, I my my thought is definitely that it's going to be that Delia's future is going to be in Chicago. I think they want him to be the guy. I was a little I'm I'm a little worried that calling him up. And putting him in front of this godforsaken defense, <laughs> although it's been it's been a little better. I think having Connor Murphy back and and the way that Carl Dalton has been playing feels like they're a little bit improved over the way they've been in the last few years, or in the last few months, I should say. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just it's it's a little worry because it's uh, goaltender's confidence is can be can be such a tricky thing, and um, it doesn't take much to to ruin all that and playing in front of what uh, Crawford and Cam Ward have had to do with the last two months can be something that can wreck a young goaltender. And so that that's the only really concern I have. Cause I, I think Delia's um, I, I, it, it, you know, Brad, you and I were there last year during Rockford's run to the mm-hmm. Calder cup uh, conference finals last year. And they, he looked so good playing with the ice hugs last year. Absolutely. And he actually looked really good in his one NHL start last season which uh, everyone remembers it's a Scott Foster game and not Colin Dio's first NHL start and win. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm excited to see more. I, I hope he gets a chance to play and I hope he plays well. And I hope the team in front of him gives him a chance to play well more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Brandon, thoughts on the uh, goaltender depth and Colin Delia? 
Yeah, so I think at the beginning of the season, we were all talking about how there's like this massive log jam um, in the minors and all this. And it was always the thought of, well, if Crawford goes down, this is actually going to be a good thing. And lo and behold, here we are. And we're talking about how it's a good thing. Um, I think Delia, or I think Colin is the real Delia. Of course you do. You, you backed into that one. I'm not giving you credit for that. You you had to. Ah, you, oh you, well. You check swung and went around. That's a strike three. <laughs> Sit down, my friend. Uh, it's like I'm playing for the Royals. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think Delia's right there, and I could totally see him taking over the starting job and. Bowman swung and missed with drafting Peters in the third round two years ago. Mm. He's not playing anywhere. And Alexis Gravel is only in his third season in Quebec playing for Halifax. And he's only 18. Yeah. And he's like, he had a very slow, like up and down kind of start to the season. And right before um, the Christmas break, Halifax just in general as a team has been really clicking. Um, and so is he. And so then you have like even deeper down when you look at him that mm-hmm. there's depth there. Um, so, and I believe that Delia wouldn't be exposed in the expansion draft because he would have less than two years playing experience. So, um, you even have that as like something to look forward to where you're like, oh, if this guy does turn out to what he's projected to be mm-hmm. as this starter um, who's only 24 years old, yep. Um, then you could think of, well, you will have Delia and X backup <laughs> in Chicago. And mm-hmm. after the fourth season in Quebec for Gravel, you'll have him play at least a season in Rockford. And then you have to figure out what to do with him. Yeah. And I think so. they, I think they move Lincoln. And to be honest, I think that he's, he's a piece that, that they use to, you know, package together for somebody. And then, yeah, ultimately when Gravel's ready, he'll go, he'll go to Rockford and he'll be the, he'll be the staple there for at least two years. Again, kind of similar to how, you know, Delia's progression through the minor league system has gone, which is, you know, very similar to the same progression that Corey Crawford uh, went through from uh, 2005 until 2007. And you can, and you can leave Gravel down in the AHL for multiple seasons. I mean, Crawford was in Rockford for three. Well, he was in the AHL. Well, he was in, Excuse me, he was in Norfolk for two seasons. Right. And then when the Hawks moved their AHL affiliation to Rockford, he played five seasons in the AHL before mm-hmm. he got the call up to the NHL level. And he made, he started like, he was the number one goaltender in each, or at least four of those seasons, just judging by the number of games he played, because he played in, in order 48, 60, 55, 47, and 45 games. Mm-hmm. So like, he, was, yeah. he was a stud. And, and- yeah. Uh, in Quebec, like, so you can, you can leave Gravel down there for four to five years and see and let him mature while you know ideally Colin <laughs> ideally uh, no no see, no no no, no you no, yeah. also revisited that's check swing strike three <laughs> yeah. sit down yeah yeah well anyway uh, this this is why I let Brandon do that stuff 
but but the point being that you can let Greville marinate down in the AHL for several seasons while Delia is hopefully handling things at the NHL level, and then and you know and then you at least have something in the pipeline. It seemed like for the longest time the Hawks had absolutely zero goaltender depth in their system. Mm-hmm. I mean they they had Crawford. And after Crawford got called up, like is the backup was like a retread of, of veterans every year. Some of them actually turned out to be pretty good. Like uh, you know, Ray Emery had a good season. Scott Darling had a good season. Uh, Antti Ronsa had a good season. So like they they were able to find guys, but they were never calling anybody up from the system because they didn't have anybody. I like how you didn't mention Lars Johansson. <laughs> what? You remember him? No, 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 I don't. Just like you don't remember Matt Underhill, but oh, okay. I mean Matt Tompkins is like killing it in Indy. Right? Yeah, what what's uh, what's Kent Simpson doing these days? I don't know. Probably hanging out with Bart. So then let's transition over to uh, the beatdown that happened at the United Center. No, 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 not the one that happened on Sunday where the Sharks won seven to three, but the one on Friday. No, not the one where the Jets <laughs> beat the Hawks, but where the Hawks, Hawk, Tommy Hawk beat uh, beat up a fan. Well, okay, no, I'm not going to say that. A fan, uh, for some reason, and this was this went all over the Sun Times. This was on the on the Twitter, and I think it made it to Facebook. And I know we did a we probably did a post on it um, as well, where a fan, for whatever reason, uh, decided to uh, to go after uh, our very own Tommy Hawk. And uh, and try to tackle him to the ground. Tommy, it basically holds his own. Flips the guy over, throws him on the ground, and the guy still didn't refuse to let up. He kept fighting him, which for whatever reason I'm not entirely sure. Um, wanted to get your guys' takes on this. Uh, why why are we beating up mascots, or why are we going after mascots? Uh, Alcohol, Brad. <laughs> it, it is. It, he has to be drunk, right? There, you're you're no, blaming it on the alcohol. A, 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 a alcohol. I I regret, <laughs> I regret everything. But no, I mean, I I didn't see it. I didn't really. I didn't read the Sometimes story or any of the other media outlets that were reporting on it. Mm. But wasn't the alcohol involved? Didn't they say the fan was drunk? He had to be drunk. There's no other reason why you'd pick a fan, pick a fight with a mascot. Yeah. He can't talk to you. He's yeah. wearing a giant head, or sh- or shouldn't be talking to you. I, I, I would I would love to know what it was that Tommy Hawk did that resulted that <sighs> this one person thinks you know what I'm a whoop Tommy Hawk's ass. Let's go. <laughs> he didn't even whoop him either. He like tried to jump on him and ride him like a bull. He got, he got suplexed. Was that like I mean, a was that like a side bet? You know, like hey, I I'm gonna jump on the on the Blackhawk and ride him for at least, if I stay on for eight seconds, you owe me a tenner. He's not a mechanical bull. Yes. <laughs> it's what it's what he looked like. He tried to do. He straight up tried to mount Tommy Hawk from behind. Which do with that what you need to sports fans. Oh, oh yeah, but there wasn't any like in the reports. There wasn't any um, note of alcohol, but that's certainly a plausible assumed. line of thinking. Um, and the video was just the, so the police report um, says that the fan jumped Tommy Hawk, who was being played by a male mm. that night. Um, and then the mascot retaliated by doing a 
fairly decent suplex. No, oh, okay. good form. You know what? I wouldn't know if he was a wrestler at some point. Solid, yeah. like, solid eight I mean, and a half suplex. And then a little absolutely. ground and pound. Two, too. Yeah, two for the takedown, absolutely. And and then he's he's not able to hold him on the ground, and the guy gets up, and then he puts him in a headlock and drives him into a trash receptacle in front of the Blackhawks team store. And you can see in the video there's at least three uh, – employees like in front of the store that are watching this happen mm. and then they like the mascot like pushes the guy away and then they go about their ways but um it's just i don't i don't know why anyone would do this um and so like what do you think stupid. about like mascots do like incredible stuff like they are fit people like i've seen mascots do like backflips and stuff like in those suits that are you would think, like, you know, a little bit heavy. So, which, like, which that Chicago mascot would win in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> probably not Benny the Bull because he probably wouldn't even show up. Oh, hey, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm I'm stepping in here. So, <laughs> Benny, Benny's the Benny's the best of of any of. If you the, want popcorn, then yeah. <laughs> that dude, the somebody throw a gallon of popcorn on you. They went out and got. I forget. He used to be the Montana Grizzly, and it's not the same Benny. It's a different Benny than than the OG. Well, not the OG, but like the really good one. Um, man, they they went and contracted out the the Montana Grizzly from uh, I think it was two thousand and eight, and brought him to Chicago to be Benny the Bull for I think five seasons or whatever it was. And Benny was like that iteration of Benny the Bull was outstanding from the dance moves to some of the bits that they do and, and all that other stuff. Benny, like a, a reason to go to a Bulls game right now is to go watch Benny the Bull do his thing. Like, because the, the team's going to be crap and they're, you know, like they're not going to let Markinen rake the floor. So like, it's got to be a Benny the Bull showing to for your entertainment in the game. Tommy Hawk, an outstanding mascot as well. Um, Southpaw at the White Sox games does a great job. I know Clark the, uh, Clark the Cub doesn't do so much in the games as he does outside of the games as well, more philanthropic things, which, hey, good on you. Maybe um, you could wear pants for a change. That'd be nice. Staley the Bear, also a, a really good dude. I uh, I worked a golf outing at, uh, at a previous job in uh, – as a caddy and uh, had to drive Staley the bear around to, uh, you know, create some antics on the golf course. And Staley was pretty legit. So shout out to what do you Staley. Think of Sparky. Staley the bear. Um, I haven't met Sparky, so I haven't, I can't, uh, I can't have a take on Sparky. I'm, I'm down with Hammy in Rockford, man. Hammy's, Hammy's the boss. Um, What's so that? how the hell do you know this Montana thing? <laughs> yeah. How, that's, that's an excellent question, Brandon. How the hell do you know the background story of mascots? Like, are you actually skates with the wolves? Like, Dude, what is this? Well, is this okay. like a fraternity? Like, <laughs> what is this? If we're really going in here, no, that's part of the, you, you know, you, you hang out with certain people in the, uh, in the, in the sports world. And, and I just, as, as part of the band, you get in part of the, 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 the in-game, um, I don't know why I'm trying to dance around this. You basically end up meeting all of the in-game people that are involved with a sporting event if you play in a band. And uh, yeah, okay. I, I did, in college, got to meet Herky the Hawkeye and Sparty and Brutus and all that. Brut, Brutus was kind of lame. Sparty was dope. Herky was pretty cool. 
um, there's a, you know, there's some good, there's some good people in those mascot costumes. And I know Chicago does a great job in, uh, in trying to recruit nothing but the best, um, you know, in-game entertainment and, uh, and, and they do a great job of it. I will say there are, I do know that there are two skates as well. There's a on ice skates and a, uh, in the stands without the actual blades on his feet. Welcome Steve. back to Second City Hockey's mascot podcast. <laughs> this is what happens when your hockey team is <laughs> trash and everything is going to crap. You talk about the mascots and how your fa- how your own fans have turned against your own mascot. Ugh, that's something we that was would- actually like really informative, Brad. Like I'm being serious. <laughs> like, that was like some good shit. I've got some. I got some mascot takes, but we'll get to that. Uh, shout out to Hammy and Rockford. We love you here at the show. Um, by, the, by the way, are you guys aware that there's going to be a mascot Hall of Fame opening soon in Northwest Indiana? Just, just saying. Just down the street from me. Well, not down the street, but a good way. But it's in the area. That's a thing. There's a mascot Hall of Fame. I'm down. <laughs> as are long you, as Gritty's not a first ballot. I was, I was going to say, who gets the votes? Well, uh, the Philly fanatic, probably. I by far. Philly, yeah, I was gonna say Philly go. fanatic. <laughs> that that's it. Forget everything about hockey. It's a mascot podcast. Second City mascots. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Speaking of mascots, um, I know the gift shops. They they normally do those cute little stuffed animals, which are typically really good teddy bear toss items. By the way, which the NHL should do teddy bear tosses, but that's a take for a different show. Um, but the the really you know, kind of bizarre segue I'm going for here is uh, those little plush dolls make great Christmas presents. And, you know, as a guy who still has to do some Christmas shopping here for uh, some people at the end of the year, um, what, uh, what are some, what are some things we should be, uh, you know, looking to, uh, looking to give some people this year for Christmas, Uh, namely the Blackhawks. What should, uh, what should we give? uh, Well, I want, I, I'll start. I want to give Henry Yokoharu a goal. Um, it just one to start because that'd be great and fantastic and he deserves it. And it's been all this time that I've had him on my goal watch list and it hasn't happened yet. And I'm just like, like Hank will score it. It will happen. So I want to, I want to give him his first one in a, in a, you know, appropriately gift wrapped little package with a bow and tinsel and all of that on, on there for Christmas. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to give Henry Yokoharu a goal for Christmas. Dave, what are you giving a Blackhawk for Christmas? I'm going to – well, this is going to be a team-wide gift. We're, we're going to give this to everyone. And it's going to be slightly less terrible special teams units. Because I, I, I can't be too optimistic about this because let's we, we know what the Blackhawks are at this point. But as you may have read in the stock report from the game on Monday morning, I wasn't aware of this until I looked it up. The Chicago Blackhawks have the worst power play and the worst penalty kill in the NHL. Both of them are ranked 31st in the league. I didn't even think that was possible to be that bad at both areas of the special teams game in hockey. But apparently the Blackhawks have achieved that. I think usually the rule of thumb is you want your penalty kill and your power play to add up to 100%. That usually means you're doing okay, even if one may be lagging behind the other. The Blackhawks' penalty kill is at 71.84. That power play is at 11.43. That adds up to roughly 83 and a quarter, roughly. Wait, wait, wait. What? 83. Ah, 83. Thank you. Very good. So, yeah, the Blackhawks' penalty kill and power play are terrible, and hopefully for Christmas, 
they suck just a little bit less. Maybe get up to like 30th or 29th. You know, that, that'd be great. Get them out of this. For, the, for Christmas, we've given the special teams the key to unlock themselves from the basement of the NFL. Uh, NFL of the NFL. This is good. Um, <laughs> too much eggnog for me. Brandon, what, uh, what do you get in the Blackhawks for Christmas? Um, gosh, I really want to say new like TV announcers, but that's mean. Don't don't be hating. I still <laughs> Pat Foley is still outstanding. And oh no 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 like quote analyst. That's what I meant. Sorry. There you go. So um, we, so just fire you're, Mike Milbury. Just say it. You want to call we need him Mike out? Milbury fired? No no no. Um, oh oh. <laughs> yeah, Pierre McGuire perhaps. <laughs> No, no, nope, um, nope. I know where he's going. Closer to home. Oh, uh, closer to home. Uh, yeah, uh Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm, doesn't I'm Jeremy Roenick look like he just like took a puck to the face like every day? No, no, no. He, looks like he, he took like eight pucks. To I was the gonna face. say it looks right. like he took seven pucks to the face, yeah. and it's because he, he actually took, took seven pucks. To he the took face. one of the grossest ones. Like he got a slap shot in the side of his face, and there was just like a crater. On his jaw, and it was. Oh. I don't remember who slap shot it. Well, he hardly knew her. <laughs> um, Jesus, <laughs> we, we got to stop saying. recording this podcast so late. <laughs> it's worth it. The Kool Aid is flowing, people. Brand, uh, did we? Brandon, did you give your no? Christmas no, I'll, no, I'll shut up and so Brandon can talk. I would like to see the RFA forwards start scoring that's what i want so you're care to share with the rest of the class the rfa forwards for those Dylan of Sakura us and brendan yeah. perlini who oh i don't know scored his first goal with the blackhawks before yoki haru did like i said he would it's trash i mean granted he didn't do a damn thing for that goal but i mean hey he got the the stick on the puck and did the thing so <laughs> This has been How to Score by Brandon Kane. Um, that's fair. I can uh, throw some RFA goals uh, their way, and then uh, and then and then one more. I want to give because uh, then you can ship them out. If, yeah. if if you go that route, then then you can. You know, because well, they'll be good trade bait. We're gonna we're gonna find out here pretty quickly what ends up happening with those guys as well. However. Um, I also want to give uh, I want to give some some glad tidings and and good cheer to uh, to Blackhawks fans specifically ones that haven't been able to go to a game as of late uh, because of how expensive the ticket prices were for face value. Um, We've got some news for you. Yeah, like if there was ever a time to go to a Hawks game, it would be now. And I know that sounds weird because you're staring at a 10, 19, and 6 team. But with with the, you know, the the aftermarket sales, you know, we're looking at any any to get a 300 level seat, you're looking at anywhere from after fees and all that nonsense. You're looking at anywhere from twenty to thirty dollars to go to games um, right now, which is as inexpensive as it's probably going to be here. It might even get a little bit cheaper um, as the year goes on. But uh, but go, people, go to a game, at, I, and even if the even if they don't win, the the in game atmosphere is still outstanding. The uh, 
the people over at uh, at the United Center do a great job with the in-game, you know, music and the, you know, the Jumbotron features and, you know, watch and shoot the puck live is always fun. And they get the little kid races, which is always a good time. And then, oh, yeah, the United Center is a really good building to watch hockey in. So go. Um, and this is your, this is kind of your open invitation to go do it. You will not be disappointed if you haven't gone. Um, and if you have, uh, you know, if you, if you need recommendations on where to sit or, you know, how to, you know, enjoy a proper game day experience at the United Center, hit us up at secondcityhockey.com or, you know, you can tweet at us. There's Dave Melton over there. That's underscore Dave Melton. And that's Brandon M. Kane over there. And I'm at TCR Brad. Uh, seriously, let us know if you have any questions because, uh, again, if go, just go to, go to a game, have fun, watch live NHL hockey. It's, it's good stuff. You know, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the time while, uh, while tickets are, uh, are not stupid expensive because again, the second this team starts to turn things around in two, three, four years from the now, uh, you know, that. It's going to get a little more uh, ridiculous, so take advantage of it while you can. Uh, real quick, gentlemen, let's take a look at, uh, at the week in advance here, or the, uh, the week that's coming up. Um, the Blackhawks currently, again, uh, if you weren't listening, are 10, 19, and 6, uh, are still not doing well in the Central Division. Uh, would also like a key out of the cellar. Um, but they will face the Nashville Predators uh, Tuesday night, so today, uh, when you're listening to this, as well as facing the, they're on the road against Dallas and then on the road against Colorado on Friday. Um, and then they will play on Sunday at home at the United Center against Florida um, before uh, taking some time off for Christmas break. So uh, we've got four games here on the uh, on the schedule. Dave, what are we looking for in the next four games? I think the biggest thing I want to keep watching is the uh, Connor Murphy and Carl Darstrom pairing. Uh, again, another thing mentioned in the stock report this morning, but they've been playing it just seems like they've been, they've been playing pretty well. I think it's been about three games now that they've been paired up together. Uh, they've had roughly 40 minutes of ice time, and they haven't given up a goal against at even strength play since they've been paired up together. And considering the Hawks have given up, oh, 14 goals in the last three games, I don't know how many of those are even strength, but none of those goals have come while Dahlstrom and Murphy were on the ice together. So maybe that's, you know, that's something encouraging to watch uh, for – for the, at least one D pairing that might not be terrible. And then uh, just uh, from an offensive perspective, like to see Dylan Sakura uh, continue playing the way he did on that one rush to the net, which seemed like it really got him going on, on a uh, Sunday night. Cause uh, you know, like Brandon was talking about uh, either play well enough to get traded or play well enough to be part of this team going forward. Cause I think a lot of people were really excited about, uh, Sakura for this coming season and when he didn't make the team out of training camp I think a lot of people were disappointed myself among them and um, he's the one downside about being a guy who played all four years of college hockey is that you come in at the age of 22 or 23 and you know your clock is a lot later than a lot of other guys you come up from the juniors in Canada so he doesn't have as much time to prove himself as some other guys do so uh, he needs to probably do it this season or he's going to start getting passed on the depth chart by some of the other forwards coming up through the system. Mm-hmm. Brandon, things you're looking forward to here in the next uh, four games? I don't know if it's like a positive looking forward to, but 
I am intrigued to see how the Blackhawks deal with Artem Anisimov's concussion situation right now. Um, before Sunday's game, he said he was close to returning, and with four games before the Christmas break, do they activate him and have him play one of those games and send down Sakura, or do they risk putting Perlini through waivers? Um, because it, the only other player I could see them sending down would be Dominic Cahoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also with Gustav Forsling being close to returning as well, um, and what that means for Carl Dahlstrom and bad Brandon. Um, <laughs> whether they put him on waivers and see if some KHL club will you know, swoop in jokingly um because they've already done that with jan ruda and everyone was like yeah we're we're okay we're, we're all right <laughs> yeah yeah i love when the blackhawks uh the report leaked that they were trying to trade ruda and manning and the consensus was just oh well good luck with that <laughs> yep right so that'll be interesting because i think the roster freeze is Thursday, right? It's pretty soon. I, th- I want to say, yeah, the 19th, maybe? I don't know. So Wednesday? It's coming up real soon, though. Yeah, I forgot about the yeah. roster freeze. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they even like go that route or if they're just like, eh, we are what we are right now. So you guys Bad. can just like <laughs> you know, rest there up some more of it, and then we'll address that with the uh, oh, what is that? Two games against Minnesota on the 27th and then back in Colorado on the 29th for the winter classic. So um, yeah, should be, should be an interesting thing to watch this next week. Yeah. It, uh, I think I'm looking for here from, uh, between now and likely the next podcast is, uh, two days from now in Rockford, ladies and gentlemen, your, uh, Rockford ice hogs <laughs> taking on the Milwaukee admirals, on what is arguably the greatest day in, in all of hockey. Um, no, not the teddy bear toss. That is one of the greatest days in, in all of hockey. I will, I will say that. But it is Doggo Wednesday out at the BMO Harris Center in, uh, in downtown Rockford. There are dogs that will be parading throughout the stadium. Uh, you can bring your pup and uh and and watch some uh, watch some shooty puck with your uh, with your furry friend and your dog too um but uh it's going to be uh it's going to be a good time i know i'm going to be out there shooting some uh, shooting some photos and uh, and watching hockey but hey go out enjoy uh, again enjoy the day i'm all about experiences right now again you know it's 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 that time of year got to go out and uh, and live it up a little bit so again go uh, go get some tickets to one of those two games um, I forget what the giveaways are, but they're probably pretty dope as well. There's like a lunchbox or something like that coming up probably here. Probably goals. <laughs> and thank you, Brandon. There is no. Uh, that's that's at the United Center. I was gonna say that's not not at the BMO. Um, but uh, but no, it's a cool promo, and y'all should go check that out as well. So in the meantime, uh, this is likely the last show that we will be doing. Uh, before the uh, the holiday uh, the holiday little weekend turnaround here, got the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day uh, coming up. 
Um, and then uh, we'll probably have a show in between then and New Year's as well before the Winter Classic. We'll do a big preview show for that. Um, but uh, but thank you to everybody for supporting the show, for supporting the site in uh, so far in the 2018 season. Again, we are secondcityhockey.com. Dave Melton, Brandon Kane, myself, Brad Replinger, uh, on behalf of Nick, Shalen, and Matt as well. Uh, we really appreciate your support and wish you and yours a, uh, a very happy and very healthy uh, Christmas season. And we will talk to you guys before the, uh, the Winter Classic happens on New Year's Day. Until then, uh, go Hawks, maybe? Go Hawks! Go Hawks. Bears. Yeah, Bears, Central Division champs. How do we make it this far before our first Bears reference? I have no idea, but oh, Bears. I we can end on a good note, right? Santa Claus, Super Bear, Super Bowl, Ditka. God, I hope Ditka dies. <laughs> I'm done with his ass. Oh my God! All right, we I never want to hear about Ditka again. <laughs> we Matt, need to end this show please. right <laughs> damn now. <laughs> wow. <All right. laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.